The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law, who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil things come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Jerry. We have a lot of visitors today and, 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 and people that have just moved to the area. So, again, we just welcome you. We're glad you're here. Uh, I'm Pastor Paul's younger brother. And, um, <laughs> no, I'm uh, an assisting pastor here at the church. Pastor Paul was traveling last week and was kind enough to let me share with you this morning. And so, um, let me just pray this simple prayer before we get started. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. And I pray that you will come in power and might. And in spite of my 
uh, rather unclever delivery of your truth, uh, you will make it profound for those that sit here this morning. We trust you for this, and we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Um, <clears throat> for those of you that were not here last week, and there was a number of you, Paul, Pastor Paul, was teaching from Mark 6. And if you remember the story, <clears throat> we picked up the disciples on the Sea of Galilee, and the scripture said they were rowing against the wind. And when Paul shared that last week, I went, yeah, I get that. Because there have been plenty of times in my life when I felt like I was rowing against the wind. And Paul went on to sort of uh, develop three points, three key points out of that. The first one was, uh, he said, Jesus sees us in our trials. In, in verse 48, uh, it says he could see that the disciples were struggling hard. And then the second point was Jesus comes to us in our trials. It says in verse 51, he then got into the boat with him. Jesus doesn't just come to us in our trials. He gets in the boat with us. And then lastly, it said Jesus cares for us in our trials. And the scripture in, in verse 51 went on to say that he calmed the winds and the waves. As Paul concluded last week, he asked us two questions, or he gave us two questions to think about uh, this past week. And I spent most of my week thinking about them because I knew I was going to be speaking this week. The first question was, do you see him? When Jesus comes to you, do you recognize that he is entering into your trials? When he gets in the boat with you, do you recognize him? In verse 51 of chapter 6, it says, the disciples were completely confused. And then the second question that Paul asked was, do you see your need for him? Do you see your need for Christ? And verse 52 of chapter 6 says, Their minds were closed, and they could not understand the true meaning of the loaves and bread. I think those two little verses there are really instructive in terms of the situation. If, if, you, could, if you can understand... The disciples, a lot of things are happening really quickly. Jesus is healing, he's, speech, he's speaking and teaching, he's casting out demons, crowds are gathering, and uh, this is a lot for them to assimilate. Well, we move on to chapter 7 today that Brooke read, uh, just read for us. And we, we, we enter this sort of scene where 
The Pharisees and scribes have come from Jerusalem. Now, Lana and I had an opportunity to spend some time in um, the Holy Land a couple of years ago. We actually made this drive from Jerusalem to the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Galilee. It was uh, probably in this little town of Capernaum where Jesus was staying with his disciples. This is not a short journey. It's about, it's a little bit over 110 miles. And it took us on good roads probably two and a half to three hours to make the drive. So my point is this, the disciples didn't just um, encounter these Pharisees and say, oh, here's somebody else from our town. These were people from out of town. They didn't just happen to be in the neighborhood. The news of what Jesus was doing was getting back to Jerusalem. And so some of the Pharisees and scribes came to check this rabbi out. They had heard about him, but um, they wanted to see for themselves. And so in verse 5, it, uh, we read, The Pharisees and the teachers asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples obey what our ancestors taught us to do? Why do they eat without washing their hands? And Jesus replied, You are nothing but show-offs. The prophet Isaiah was right when he wrote that God had said, All of you praise me with your words, but you never really think about me. It is useless for you to worship me when the, you teach rules made up by humans. And then Jesus said, what comes from your heart is what makes you clean, unclean. Now, my southern translation of that is, they looked good on the outside, but they were a mess on the inside. Well, 20 some odd years ago, I heard this, this uh, scripture preached through, and I really came under conviction not a casual conviction, but a very strong conviction that I needed to start dealing with the things that were coming out of my heart. And so I in, uh, started this program. I was going to clean up my act. I was not going to let anger or pride or selfishness come out of my heart anymore. Well, I would love to tell you I was victorious in that, and I conquered all that, and had no more problems. But Lana's here today, my wife, and um, if any of you were to visit with her after the service, uh, she would be happy to explain to you how this has been a real struggle for me. It has not been easy. And I am, as an older man, am still working on it. I tried and I tried and I tried. And, and there were things that I just couldn't overcome. 
My problem was a simple one. I was trying to follow Jesus in my own strength. Out of my will, out of my power, and it became one of the most frustrating, unfruitful seasons of my life. The harder I tried, the less I became like him. You see, working in your own strength will never get you where you need to go. It might work for a little bit, but it won't work for the long term. And eventually, you'll find yourself out of gas, broken and discouraged and without hope. You see, the the message that I got out of the scripture as I studied it, Jesus is not looking for perfection in our lives. He's looking for proximity. He is waiting for the moment when we stop holding him at arm's length in our everyday normal lives and we invite him in to be a part of everything that you do. And then in verse 14, I think there's a key piece of scripture there, at least it was for me, because verse 14 says, Jesus called the crowd to him. And he said, pay attention and I'll help you understand. Who you say you are doesn't really define who you are. It's what comes from your heart that will give you a pretty good idea of where you are on your journey. I, I, I sort of, as I was writing this, I hesitate to uh, identify two groups. I believe that there's two groups today that I'm speaking to, but I'm sure there are subgroups in between the two groups. The first group that I'm speaking to today is the group that thinks they're doing pretty good. They're sort of sit, you're sort of sitting there saying, yeah, well, this is nice, Pastor, and I'm sure there's some people in here that need to hear this, uh, but, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm a pretty good husband. I'm a good provider for my family. I take care of them. I haven't robbed any banks. I haven't burned any houses down. Um, and the second group are the people like me. 20 years ago, who have instituted this program of sin management in their life. And you're trying in your strength to manage what comes out of your heart. And you know, the interesting thing is both groups are in trouble. The first group, the danger for them is that if you pretend long enough, pretty soon the lines start to blur. 
and you really do believe you're okay, and you're doing pretty good. Because you can no longer see the difference between who you say you are and who you really are. I don't know if many of you have read A.W. Tozier. A.W. Tozier was a pastor uh, born in the late 1800s, had a, a long, fruitful ministry, but a very simple guy. And he wrote a book, The Pursuit of God. And he says, the heart of the world is breaking under this load of pretense and pride. And he continued to say, you will not overcome this burden without Christ. You can't do it by yourself. Because the problem with pretending is sooner or later, life shows up with a mirror and you don't recognize the guy that you're looking at in the mirror. The second group, those that are trying to be the best, that they're working, they're working their program of sin management, and um, <clears throat> is Jesus is not calling us to rules and regulations. He's calling us into this incredible journey. A lifetime with him where he's constantly, just like he did to the multitudes that, uh, that we read about in the scripture today, he's constantly saying, come to me. But Jesus, you don't know who I am. He says, come to me. Well, Jesus, you don't know how many times I've failed. He just looks up and says, come to me. says in John 15, 15, we are called to be friends with Jesus. We are called to immerse ourselves in his work, in his nature, and his character. And this cool thing happens. As we give ourselves to him, we start to see that we become more and more like him. And our hearts are turned closer and closer to him. And we no longer have to pretend to be good, and we no longer have to labor to be good. It just comes. A life in Christ requires everything of us, the good and the bad. And we have to give it all to him. A life in Christ requires everything of us. It has everything to do with what is inside of you and very little to do with what is outside of you. It is a process. It is intimate. It is personal. And as I said before, you can't do it if you're keeping Christ at arm's length. 
and, and again in the southern vernacular, you can't do it if you're just messing around. Here's a couple of practices that I think will be helpful if, if what I've said has meant anything to you and, and you really do want to reorient your life. The first one is take an inventory. You don't have to share it with anyone, but just take an inventory and examine your life. Examine your heart. Look to see what are the things in my life that are taking up room in my heart right now. And then the second thing is just commit your life once again to Christ by saying, I give you everything and everyone. I give you my marriage. I give you my children. I give you my job. I give you my future. I give you everything that I have ever acquired or might ever acquire. And then here's the hardest part. Lord, I give you every wounded and broken place in my heart. I give it all to you. And what will happen, because I have seen it time and time again in my life, Jesus will look up and he'll say, come to me. It's okay. I know you've been struggling this. Come to me. Trenton, as you come forward, I want to share one last thing. It's really another sermon, but I'll land it here and maybe one day I'll come back and preach it. God has created us not only to receive his compassion and forgiveness, God has created us to be his compassion and forgiveness in a lost, broken, angry, hard world. We are his vehicles to represent him. Here's a cool thing about the scripture today. You know, we read about the disciples um, were, you know, they had hard hearts and they were confused and all that. If you read the story contextually, you know what Jesus was doing with the disciples in this season of his ministry? He was sending them out two by two to represent him. These imperfect people with calloused hearts and imperfect lives that were confused and didn't understand and they couldn't keep up with him. And he was saying, I want you to go two by two and represent me. And so even though we, don't, we haven't figured everything out, we haven't perfected our lives, he, he wants to send us out to be his mercy, his grace, 
and his compassion. What if the most beautiful life is found in what God does and not what we do? Let us pray. Lord, you speak to the storm and the waves die down. And even though I was lost in the water, you came. When life was heavy and my strength gone, you came to me. When pain and loss overwhelmed me from all fronts, you came. When the joy in my heart had dried up, you came to me. You restored me. You calmed the waves. Father, we confess this morning we need this kind of love that brings dead things to life. We need this love that can heal sickness and disease and bind wounded hearts. And we know one touch from your hand can change everything. Father, let us come to you. Amen.